When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I turn a honeydew list into honey done. I can flip a half bath in a half day, son. I'm in the zone. I'm on my grind, and I only had to use YouTube four times. Dad life, dad life, button down, plaid life. What you know about that burger flipping dad life? Yo, welcome to Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here Thursday night. I know, man, I've been I've been bopping the Dad Life 2020 YouTube soundtrack for several episodes now. And I think I've mentioned this once, but the guy who hits the uh, the flipping a half bath in a half day bar is wearing a Kentucky shirt in that. So um, definitely check that out. It's just Dad Life 2020. Love it. There's some I'm really excited to get a grandpa on soon. Because the grandpa just murders his birth. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great stuff. <laughs> anyway, so I'm I'm pumped, man. I've had a rough week and I'm excited to uh have a good friend of mine and uh, somebody I haven't got a chance to catch up with in a long time. A sea of blue brother as well, also does his um radio show with Andy Sweeney on ESPN six eighty. So James Strebel, thank you so much, man. What is up? Hey, what is up, Drew? Thanks for having me back on the show. It's 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 I'm excited. It's one of the, actually my favorite interviews that I've ever been a part of is uh, talking to you, talking about being a dad. I'm ready to roll, man. I've never heard that song before, Drew. That's that bops a little bit. Is that what the kids say? It bops a little bit. Yeah, dude. There's I don't know. I think bops is actually like what we said even five and six years ago. It's probably something. <laughs> at this point but yeah oh, I'm I mean, sure it check is. Those out. there's several versions of it and every time I swear it gets a, a different laugh out of me but again the, the grandpa I'm really excited so I gotta wait till we get a grandpa on soon which we've definitely had so and, and that'll be good stuff but again I, I'm pumped too man I'm excited to have you on I appreciate you saying that I know um I had kind of jotted down that I appreciate you because I think before I even felt like I sent the text you were like yes I'm in bro let's do the dad pod um so thanks for being a second time guest you're now probably like our third or fourth um second time roll around and, and we really appreciate it because you killed it the first time but uh we've we've mixed up some new questions james i feel like last time you were kind of a little bit of a guinea pig we we're kind of early on there so we've added yes a, sir um I'm, hopefully i'll check all the boxes and we'll hit them but the first one's real easy so thursday night 8 30 rounding down the week uh what'd y'all do for dinner tonight oh dude all right i'm gonna let you in on a little james treble special oh so Yes. So I had uh, the take with Andy Sweeney uh, earlier this evening, rolled over by the Kroger, picked up some chicken thighs, picked up some chicken legs, had some noodles, little corn on the cob. Oh, dude, I had it rolling. I had that barbecue uh, slathered all over everything. It was it was really, really good. The kids like it. I'll tell you something. Here's a secret, Drew. Mm. There's a there's a seasoning. It's called the everything bagel seasoning. And you can put it on chicken, and it's absolutely fire. It's fantastic. You ever had one of them bagels that has, like, all the stuff on it? Yeah, yeah, I know. I picked up on that with the bagel and the title, Everything Bagel. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah absolutely, yeah. That that stuff is so good. My kids love it. Just, uh, just give it a try. Give it a try. I'm, I'm, in, I'm sure that you and your family will like it, too. Man. So that's okay. what we did tonight. A little, little chicken on the grill, a little noodle, a little corn on the cob. Boom, ready to go. 
Perfect, perfect, man. That that is a, definitely sounds like an exciting meal. We uh, I went Cane's drive through tonight. Um, your your you much better. That's like that's like a home recipe. I will uh, I'll maybe have to give that a try. And you sold it well, man. I don't know if they sponsor you. And it's a secret no more because now it's on the dad pod. I mean, at least probably a dozen, maybe maybe two dozen are gonna absolutely hear about this and be buying the. It's gonna be off the shelves now. I'm telling you, everything bagel seasoning. Everyone out there listening. Everything bagel seasoning. <laughs> it, you will, it will not disappoint you, I promise. Whew. All right. Uh, tell us about the family a little bit, James. I know that, uh, you know, three kids, you're a busy guy doing the radio show. So just, just walk us through a little bit, you know, your family dynamic again and, like, the day-to-day for the Streebles. Oh, absolutely, man. So I'm married to a wonderful woman. Her name's Corey, and she's a nurse. So she works actually an opposite, an opposite shift that I do. I work day shift. She works night shift. I've got – well, actually, we have three kids together. Our oldest is Kellen. He's going to be 10 in, 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 in December. We've got Ellie and Wyatt. They're twins. They're seven years old. So a day in the life of the Streeple household, I've got to get up with the kids at about 5, 45, 6, 15 in, in that area, get them ready for school, take them to school. I work at the school that they go to, so I'm a teacher. That, that makes it very, very easy. Mm-hmm. Come home drop them off. Then I got to ride to the radio station or to Andy Sweeney's house. So I, I'm doing radio. My wife does the homework. I come back and drew, we got two guys in the family doing travel baseball. Uh, they're doing soccer. They're doing football. And then my daughter is doing volleyball and gymnastics. Mm-hmm. So you know how the evening goes, who's going wow. to what practice do we need to get a ride? Let's go. Every evening, Drew is busy, busy, busy. It makes the, the days and the weeks fly by, but there's there's like a time where I'm like, what night, honey, do we have that we don't have a practice or a lesson? Mm-hmm. It, it didn't happen often, though. I feel terrible now because I complain about this, and I, I just feel definitely um, bogged down a lot. And after hearing that, I just kind of – I feel like freed up, actually, because I, I know I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a practice a night – and it's kind of really just one sport, one kid, and then, and then wrangling the baby. But anytime I hear the words travel and then followed by an outdoor sport, I just, like, I feel for the parent every time. Whenever I'm in, like, Georgia or wherever this stuff always is for a oh, yeah. and all that, I'm like, at least I'm in a air-conditioned gym, even if it's a less than desirable environment. Um, I know that softball, <laughs> baseball is a different special grind. Drew, i tell you what. The, the key to going to these baseball tournaments – is the chair so they make these chairs for parents where you actually can rock on them they're awesome my wife actually has a chair that's a half a swing so she gets in the chair and she like, swings like chairs for grandparents you know <laughs> but you got to be comfortable you know what i'm saying you're, you're there six seven hours possibly so you got to have that old band rocking chair going and it has a little uh drink holder on the side Mm -hmm. so you know your boy's gonna sneak in a little uh bourbon and coke every once in a while so you know what i mean i thought that was gonna be your solve for the when you teed it up like you know what the trick is for these baseball tournaments that's what i I thought the trick was gonna be too but yeah man i feel that i know my daughter played softball a couple summers i'm sure people listening um are doing that but hey i shouldn't i shouldn't hate either the the thought of my boy cranking one and the sound of that bat would probably make that seven or eight hour day worth it most of the time. But, uh, I'm oh, sure it does some lopsided events too. Oh yeah. The, 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 and the thing is the boys love it. They, they really do enjoy it. We give them the choice. You know, we, we, we let them try sports out and we say, do you like this? Do you enjoy doing it? 
And if they don't, then okay, we move on. We try something else. But if they do enjoy it. We we want to be as invested and as involved as they are in the coaches. So the, the the key is like not to force it. Let let them figure out what they enjoy doing, and then you you build your time around that. It's it. I know it, it's like people listening to this might be like, oh, you don't have a life though. You're always going to sports. It's like yeah, I gave my life to 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 our kids. So they now are the benefactors of my time. And I, and I, I enjoy giving them my time because it's in the end, it's beneficial to them. Yeah. The older they get, you know, you know, those, it, it goes quick. I just said that earlier. I was, you know, doing the, when you toss, toss the, get the two and a half row in the air, they want to do it, you know, until you throw up basically. And I'm yeah. like, dang, I'm, you know, it won't be, it'll be this time next year where old dad won't be able to do that. At least not as many reps. So, it goes quick, dude. It goes quick. But that seemed like far too rational of um, an explanation because, you know, the dad's got the stereotypical, oh, oh, you're going to play football. And I've many times on this show actually, like, put my foot down and demanded that my son be like a six, seven edge rusher. <laughs> right. Well, my, my oldest, Kellen, he's, he's going to be 10 in December, like I said earlier. He's a big kid. And, and uh, my wife was a little hesitant at first because, you know, all the, the injuries and concussions and everything that are synonymous with football. But I told her, I was like, look, at, at this age, they're not hitting that hard. It's, it's not as bad. Let, let, him, let him try it out and figure it out. And if he likes it, we'll keep going. Well, he goes out there, Drew, and he's like running people over. He's a running back and he's, he, he's a linebacker. He, he's sacking people. And my wife's like, yeah, this is awesome. Is he, the, so, is he the one that's like like has to get on the scale and like underwear to to weigh in and stuff so he can run the ball? So oh he can yeah, dominate you, hell yeah, I love you, that. You nailed it, man. He's he's uh, so the weight limit is one fifteen. If you're one fifteen, you can't touch the ball. He's under that. We're gonna keep it under that. Or we're gonna keep rolling. So oh yeah, man. It's he he he's just he's right on the edge. So it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. He's running kids over and. I feel bad for the other kids, but I'm happy for my son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was, a, that was the best sound bite ever. Oh, let me ask you this, though. All right, let's say you do weigh-ins, like, you know, before the season starts or whatever. Can my guy bulk up after that? Are we talking in-season weigh-ins if he's just out there, like, I mean, you know, destroying people? That's a great question. Knock <laughs> on wood, you hear this? Knock on wood, it's only been one weigh-in. So, <laughs> uh, I hope he doesn't get another stuff. one. So, yeah, great it was stuff. the very first game <laughs> they weighed him in, Drew. And I was like, okay, he's good, he's good. And so, every week I'm thinking to myself, is this the week the second weigh-in comes? And so far, it hasn't happened. They wrote his name down in a little book. <laughs> I guess they said, if you weighed in at the beginning of the season under the weight limit, you're good to go for the entire season. So, I'm hoping that's the case. All right, that's so funny. I just like imagine Kellen in the background, just like scarfing burgers and milkshakes, like just ready. Oh, to dude, go, like Spike from Little Giants out there. He loves food. I tell you what, this kid. I mean, he takes after his old man. He loves a good meal. You know what I mean? I hear that. <laughs> we keep talking about, uh, and you'll be you'll be definitely in like the thick of it with three. But we keep saying that it's hard enough with uh, a teenage girl. But once this boy gets to be a teenager, man, I'm gonna have to get like sam's club costco like probably food delivery will be good a lot better by that point because they will eat you out of house and home that is definitely true absolutely and and you and look, look i know you have a you have a teenage daughter i've got a seven-year-old daughter they eat too i mean right it's it's not it's not as often as the boys but there'll be nice and she's like dad i'm hungry she just crushes everything in front of her <laughs> it's not often but she has her moments where she's like let's go i'm ready to eat so 
you know, the girls, the girls can eat a lot too. It, it, those growth spurts, you never know where they're going to hit. And once they do, it's, it's game on. And so it's like, okay, we go to the grocery store three, four times a week. It's, it's insane. And I can't imagine having teenagers. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to get a third job. All right. I just thought of a great question. I might introduce it like regularly. And the question is James, have you, or do you currently ever like hid snacks in your home specifically? So, you know, anyone else wouldn't find them, but they were just your special snacks. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I'll hide chips. I'll hide cookies. My wife is the master. She oh. hides. Oh, yeah. She hides snacks all over the place. I learned my lesson early. Quick story. So she was pregnant with our first. And one of the things that she craved more than anything was Swiss cake rolls. You know, the little oh, Debbie's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, she loved them. So one day, me being, you know, dumb first time dad i find a box of swiss cake rolls there's only one left and i eat it mm. not knowing the ramifications you know they're, they're i was gonna have to pay the piper but i didn't know it at the time my wife wakes up goes to find her swiss cake rolls box and it's empty she looked at me like she wanted to like murder me and she said did you eat the last one of these and there's a look in a pregnant woman's eye that you do not question, you do not ignore, <laughs> and you do not try to challenge. I said, yes, I did. I got in the car. I rode to the Meyer across the street. I got her three boxes, Drew, three. And I brought them back over. I, I, I've never seen that look in anyone's eyes before, Drew. It was terrifying. Hey, you're right. That's that's nothing to mess with for sure, man. Especially like sugar is a real thing, too. When you have your special sugar and you don't get it. Oh, yeah. Anybody can go on a rampage. Oh, that's a great segue, too, because I was thinking about the last time we had you on the podcast. Again, we got James Strebel from ESPN 680 and a Sea of Blue joining us. Really appreciate his time. Um, so I was kind of thinking about the last time we talked, and I specifically remember, like, asking you, just knowing you kind of, you know, a little bit and a lot at the kind of same time, know you a little bit, the fact that you're such a super nice guy, I always assumed that you had a big temper and that, like, when you did get mad, it was just, like, fly over the handles and like one day I was just going to hear about you like choking someone out in the studio something <laughs> like that just because you're you're such you're so nice all the time but you dispelled that to me if I remember correctly and said that you pretty much genuinely always keep a calm temperament yeah I do, I do for the most part I mean I'll get a little rambunctious on the radio but the, the thing that people need to understand about the radio is like I like I mean what I say but it's an overreaction sometimes, but it's, it, you know, it, it's all about fun. Um, but for the most part, it, even at home, I try to stay as even killed as possible because with, with the kids, it's like, I don't want to pass on bad traits to you. Like if I'm, if I'm yelling at you all the time or screaming or, you know, whatever, I don't want them to treat people like that. So I try to be a good model of behavior for the kids. Now I'm not perfect. And, you know, every once in a while they'll do something that really, you know, irritates me or irks me, or I'm just like you said, like earlier, you're not having a good day. Those are the days where you really have to do your best. And sometimes I sleep up. Sometimes I, you know, I'll yell or, or send someone to bed or whatever it is, but it's not often, but we're all human and we all have our, our breaking point and we all have our, our buttons that we don't want to be pushed. So um, if you do erupt every once in a while, it's okay. It happens. It happens to all of us and the kids understand in the end, you give them a hug and a kiss and say, I love you, and you move on. 
So what about in your childhood, James? I'm interested to see the correlation. Like, did you have like an upbringing where you maybe got yelled at a little bit more, or had a more like stern upbringing, or did you have those same models of like kind of positive reinforcement, at least for the most part? I had both. Uh, my dad was more of the like disciplinarian. He, he was the guy that if you got in trouble, uh, you don't want to see. And then there was my mom on the other side, and she was like super kind and sweet and loving. I, I'm like, my mom probably never yelled at me in my entire life. Um, and it was just, it was, it was kind of a, a yin and yang, I guess, where, you know, my dad was the, the, the guy that I, I kind of, you know, tread carefully around. And my mom was the one that, you know, if I, if I messed up or I get in trouble, she was the encouraging one that, that lifted me back up. So I think I've got a little bit of both um, attributes uh, going for me, but I try to, you know, sway more towards my mom's temperament than my dad's. Uh, well, I guess that makes sense. You know, having a little mixture of both made you a, a fairly even keeled, especially, like you said, I think off there, because I've definitely heard you get worked up on the air. And make sure you're listening oh, yeah. to James uh, on ESPN 680 on the take three to six, right, Monday through Friday? Damn right, Drew. You got it, man. Thank you. Appreciate we that. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I know that. I, and I, I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit, too, because I feel like every, every time I talk to me, I'm so, like, proud of you and hopefully you're – proud of yourself because it's every you know step we kind of talk you know did you ever imagine yourself doing this I mean you have a a drive time radio show in a kick-ass Louisville sports market so um I have to imagine that's just kind of amazing to you yeah man I I never thought that I'd be here I mean I I never thought that that I'd ever be on the radio but Jason Anderson DM'd me years ago and he just said hey do you do you have any experience doing radio I said no I got podcast experience but I've never done radio and he invited me in and you know I, he hooked me up with a, a UK post game show and then I, I worked a lot with Lachlan McLean who I know UK fans are not a big fan of but he's he's really a generous nice guy I mean I I, I, wish, I know his persona on Twitter and in Facebook and on the radio is is different but he's a he's a generally nice person I, I mean I learned a lot from Lachlan McLean and then Later on, uh, Andy Sweeney, who's, you know, the host of The Take, uh, took me under his wing, too, and said, you know, if you want to be a part of this, I'd like to have you on. And, and man, we just mesh really, really well. And I appreciate Andy and, and all the things that he's done for me and, and all the opportunities that he gave me. He, he's able to bring another side of me out that isn't <laughs> normal for me. And Is this a good I side or that. a bad side? Okay. No, it, it, it's, a, it's a side that, that, you know, is not normal for me. But it's a side that if I, if I wasn't here, I'll tell you this. If I wasn't on the take, I don't know how I'd get out, like, frustration and just, you know, other feelings because it gives me a venue to express myself in a way that I don't express myself in front of my family or during my day job. I just don't do it. But if I have a three-hour window – where I can be this totally different person and it works. It absolutely works. I, I, I don't, I can't explain it. Um, I, I don't know why it works, but it, it, it makes for good radio, at least to some, I know the people out there that, that, you know, I piss off and aren't the biggest fans of, of, of me or, you know, what Andy and I do, but the ones that listen are very loyal and uh, they, they, they give me a reason to come back. And like I said, Andrew, I mean, between Jason Anderson and Lachlan McLean and Andy Sweeney, I, I don't know which guy to, to thank the most. But I, I'll, I'll lean towards Andy because, you know, 
he and he and I have grown really close, and we we have a good a good radio partnership for sure. Yeah, shout out to you guys because I would I would also you know for the sentiment that I think your listeners get a lot of that too. I think you're you know they're the people that like to interact on Twitter. They like to get up. They like to get down. And you guys kind of uh, do a lot of that for them. I know I enjoy listening to the show when I can, like on a lunch break or driving home or whatever. And it's it's your show, that, man. your show is awesome to tune into randomly. Just because, dude, there is no idea. I tune in sometimes and Sweeney's just like, James is racing here. I don't know. And they're setting timers on you to arrive, things like that. There's times <laughs> I'll turn it on that your voice is just blaring so loud and I hear everyone laughing in the background. So it is fun. And um, I kinda, that's why I told that story because it, th- it is different, the energy you guys bring in. I know it's not easy to do every day too, probably some days, but definitely check out uh, James' show. And I underplug for sure. I did not talk at all about um, the, uh, you know, Sea of Blue, basically guys doing the postgame show for um, UK basketball and football over on ESPN 680. So make sure you tune into those two because um, I Thank guess you, you guys will be doing a monster show Saturday night. We got to talk a little bit about this game. Oh, hell yeah. Well, whew, I mean, what's your take, man? So what do you think? I know that, uh, <laughs> man, everybody, I've purposely stayed a little distant from a lot of the statistics and stuff until like yesterday. Sure. Just because, man, this one's just always, you know how the kind of the story ends typically, but I'm going to be there. I'm excited. I'm doing photography. So I really want to see, I just want to will it to existence. So I'm kind of doing the thing where I'm setting myself up for heartbreak. Like I think a lot of UK fans are. Oh, actually, Drew, this is the the game every season, this game of the Tennessee game. Although I feel different about the Tennessee game now after that beatdown that we gave them last year and we won, you know, you know, years prior. I, I feel like we're superior to Tennessee. But this Florida game is the game that at the beginning of the week, we're not going to win. There's no way. We're going to get blown out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not on that level by Wednesday. Well, you know, if things break the right way. Right. Um, I heard it's going to rain. we can beat them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, it's going to rain. That'll level the playing field a little bit. Then by Friday, oh, yeah, I think he's going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win uh, 24-17 uh, or 24-21, whatever it is. Kentucky's going to win. I feel myself doing the same thing on Monday, Drew. No chance. Yesterday and today, well, I can see a scenario. Tomorrow, I'm going to be all in. I can tell you right now, I'm going to be all in tomorrow. It's going to rain. You got C-Rod. You got Wandell. Hit a little collection pass here or there with Will Levis. Boom, let's go. The defense is rolling. Kentucky beats Florida. I don't know if I can say that yet, but I'm, I'm in my heart, that's what I'm saying. Confidence level two. I was here the last time they came and I, I know it's going to be the same or even better this time. It's just like they don't push Kentucky around anymore in the trenches. Man. They don't. So that, that always gives me confidence because, you know, in the, the past, I mean, then, then you needed the breaks. You needed, you know, they basically had to had to lose the game, you know, five years ago. And now with them competing, you got guys like J.J. Weaver, my boy, all of them rushing on these edges. I'm really excited. I don't think a ton has to, like, go wrong for Florida for them to win, which gives me a lot of optimism. And, hell, they had them beat last time for sure. Yep. Kentucky can't do things like that. And what's, your, what's your thing on these turnovers, though, man? It's, like, it's a beautiful thing and just the most catastrophic to me to have this, this horrible, like, one of the nation's worst turnover margins, but be 4-0, first time 2-0 in the SEC since, like, 77 or only a handful of times. So it's a very bizarre tandem. I can't, I can't figure it out because Kentucky has not been – historically under Mark Stoops, a turnover-prone team. They normally take care of the football. I cannot figure it out. You figured Chris Rodriguez coming into, you know, his final year at Kentucky, you know, and he would be ready to go, secure ball, but it hasn't been. And, and with Josh Ali last last week, 
when he fumbled twice, it wasn't like he got jacked up or anything. He just, you know, dropped the ball. So I, I cannot figure it out. I, I don't know how they continue to win. But the difference between doing that against Missouri, Chattanooga, and South Carolina is you leave a door open for bad teams, chances are they're not going to take the advantage of, of, of the door being open. Against Florida, you leave the door open. Say Kentucky gets up 14-7 to seven or, or maybe like 15-7. to seven. If you turn the ball over, they're going to capitalize immediately. You cannot give a team like that a short field or momentum. So they, they have got – if they had any chance at all, Drew, any chance at all, they cannot turn the football over one time. It has oh, to be a wow. completely clean and focused game. I think you give uh, – that's how close I think these teams are. I think they're a one-score team. But See, if you I, turn I, it over, you make mistakes, you're done. I disagree a little bit in the fact that I made the point a few times this week that it gives me um, – well, first point, the fact that they are, they're 4-0 in this. So you had to imagine the turnovers only go up from here. But then also when you talk about the fact that a year ago, two years ago, pretty much forever, Kentucky could not get down in a football game. They got down 10-0, 14-0 last year, sure. year before. That game's over. But um, I feel like with this team, they can they at least maybe afford a mistake or two if they can, you know, they weather that storm and ultimately play their best football beyond that because they're going to have to be able to do both, run the ball, like you said, play action pass. But this, to me, could be like a Wandell game, man. I feel like it's, it's you know – it's a somebody can make their mark big time finally doing this on Kentucky's home field. So I have to call the, the show or something later. Make sure everybody tunes in sure. that because either way, man, that's going to be that's going to be an emotional one. I'm sure you've done this already on this week on the radio, James. But um, what would you rank this home game like hype all time Kentucky football and Stoops there? I guess if you want to do both or whatever. Oh, wow. So for me. The game that stands out to me the most was. It was Patrick Toll's second year as a starter, mm. and they had Auburn on a Thursday night in October. You remember that? I do, yeah. Yeah, that that was absolutely insane. And they should have won that game. That was that was a team that was very disappointing. They we had high aspirations for that team. They started off they started off, I think, five and zero, and that was their first loss of the season. If they would have won that game. I think we talk very differently about the trajectory of Kentucky football right now. That that atmosphere was amazing. And that was one of the ones where fans showed out. Like we, you know, Kentucky football always asks fans come out and support the team. Fans come out and support the team. That was one where the fans came and showed out and it didn't pay off. And it took a little while to get that fan trust back again. And the next game that really caught my attention as far as Stoops era, just all-time crazy. The JoJo Kemp versus South Carolina game, we're just getting started, bro. Mm -hmm. That one really sticks out because JoJo Kemp was an absolute beast in that game, running the football again and again and again against South Carolina. So those two, recently anyways, really stand out to me. So you're going all in on the radio tomorrow. You're going to predict Kentucky win like 42 to 10? <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Here's the here's the problem with that. If I did that, I'm gonna catch nine kinds of hell on Monday. These <laughs> texters, these Twitter assassins. Not if they win two to ten. <laughs> Dude, 
Drew, is, I'm telling you right now, if, if Kentucky if Kentucky won by that margin on Saturday, I, I would go into the studio and I just I, I'd be like an Uzi. I, you couldn't <laughs> stop me. I just keep going and going and going. It, there would be no stopping me if that were the case, especially if Louisville loses, which I think they will. But if Louisville loses against Wake Forest and Kentucky just stomps Florida, I, I, I don't know what will happen. It'll, it'll be no stopping me, no stopping me. So I hope that does happen. But I'm thinking more like 38-31, like I said, 24-16, something like that. I, th- I think Florida wins by, by eight points or so. That's what that's what I think. I, I, I hate thinking that, but, man, it, the turnovers are killing me, Drew. They're just killing me. I don't know that I've ever been in a sold-out football environment. I've covered quite a few Kentucky games and – even the bowl game. And I don't know that I've ever been in like a legit, you know, no empty seat sold out environment. And it's definitely going to be on Saturday. I think hopefully the, Oh yeah. I think the weather thing's kind of holding off. It's just going to be like, there's a rare chance from what I understand that a shower could come over, but I I think we're going to be good overall. That's going to be a special, special crowd. You have four and on the sec. I'm sorry, four and overall two and on the sec. You've got Florida this week. If you beat Florida drew, you're 5-0, another special atmosphere against LSU. And I think LSU will be sold out, too. Even if Kentucky loses Saturday, if they have a good showing, lose by like seven, you know, or like three to ten points, somewhere in that range, I think fans will still be jacked up. Because if you go and beat LSU, Georgia's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Georgia. So if your only two losses going into the bye week are Florida and Georgia, you're feeling pretty damn good about yourself. So – you're going to have two weeks in a row of just phenomenal crowds. And I wish I could be out there, but somebody's got to do the post-game show, and that happens to be me. Uh, and, and I'm glad to do it because it will be the first chance that fans get to call and react and celebrate or be sad or whatever they want to do. But, man, that, that atmosphere is going to be pretty damn legit for two straight weeks. The schedule was just set up so – potentially difficult for emotion just because Kentucky could play really good football over the next three weeks and easily still take three L's. And I feel like sure. if they play, they could, or even not something different, you know, they could play great football one game, still lose, maybe, you know, get blown out in one of them. And then you could still be sitting with, you know, a relatively respectable record, but just the entire vibe of the season and everything is going to be so, so tarnished. So they need to get, you know, at least one of those three, and it'd be nice for it to be the first one. That's what I said. I said one and two. You go one and two in this stretch, you're sitting pretty. One and two in this stretch, you're, you're sitting pretty. Because, I mean, Mississippi State has been blah. You've got Vanderbilt, blah. Tennessee, blah. New Mexico State, blah. Uh, and Louisville, blah. I think Did I throw Vanderbilt in there? Probably so. But you've got, you've got five games coming up after Georgia where you feel pretty damn good. Like, they, they should win every single one of those games. So if you lose two out of the next three, Drew, you're looking at a 10-win season. You're looking at 10 and mm-hmm. two. That's fantastic. That's phenomenal. You go 10 and two under Mark Stoops, go to a, a New Year's Day bowl or like, you know, something, something, you know, if you're 10 and two, that's what you're going to, that's what's going to happen. You're, you're feeling great about yourself. So it's imperative. I'm with you. One and two in the next three. It doesn't have to be three and oh, but one and two. You can do that. You're feeling pretty damn good about yourself, possibly winning 10 games. Yeah. All right. We got to move on from football. We, we don't normally do that much sports talk, but it was very imperative. And hopefully we'll be doing it again next week when Kentucky I enjoyed that. is 5-0. and 0. 
Um, yeah, you were prepped for that, man. You were, you were not quite an Uzi, but you were firing them off, dude. Um, <laughs> Thank you. All right, uh, new question I wanted to ask, too. Pretty simple. You got, what's your binge show right now? Everyone kind of has that show they're powering through. Or what, do you, what are you currently watching? Okay, so I'm watching that White Lotus show on HBO. Okay, I haven't I've heard. I haven't tried it out. Please continue. I, I don't know what to think about it because everyone in the show is awful. They're, they're, they're just like terrible people. Just like you're, you're like rich, affluent, snob type individual, but I can't stop watching it. It's, 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 it's so cringe that it's good. So that's the show I'm binging right now. I do uh, hear Squid Game is really good on Netflix. So I'm, I'm thinking about that. But the one thing that I'm really looking forward to, 12.01 a.m. tonight drops The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos movie. I cannot wait till that drops. I cannot wait on HBO Max to watch Tony Soprano as a teenager. I'm so pumped about that, dude. Nice. I saw a really long preview for that uh, when I was at the movies recently. I did not realize that came out soon. That's awesome. I'm going to add a, a phenomenal show to your list. Do you have Peacock? I do have Peacock, absolutely. Uh, Doctor Death. Everyone's got to check out Doctor Death. It's oh, impeccable, really good. You see, I heard that? the, I heard the, I listened to the podcast. So oh, okay. I, I need. You're right. I need to watch that show. Yeah, yeah. The podcast was fantastic. So that's got Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah, Alec Baldwin, Christian Slater, and um, I always forget who it was, but uh, dang, he was in the movie Skulls. I always do this every time I try to explain. Ron Philippi. No, uh, the other one. Uh, um, let's see. Oh gosh, uh, he is doctor. I don't know. He's a doctor I, I, too. All right, here we go. Let's see, Safari. Now. Okay, cool. I need to check. I need to check that out. You, you, you know why I got Peacock? Just real quick. Yeah, please tell me. I got Peacock because it has all the old school WWF stuff on it, or so, sorry, WWE. So I go back for nostalgic purposes, and I, I like watch uh, Saturday Night's Main Event from 1986. Uh, Joshua Jackson, that's the guy's name. So Joshua Jackson. I, he was on. Uh, he was also on Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Dawson's right? Creek. Yeah, that's what I was. I Boom. can never remember either of the things. His name or the thing that that draws him in. But yeah, uh, super good show. And yeah, I, I don't. I'm not going to let the the WWF comment slide by because that's the real stuff. And I've been thinking about that a lot with my son. He loves to wrestle. So that's going to oh, yeah. be that's going to be special, man. When he's He's at that age where, you know, the glass breaks for Stone Cold of his generation or whatever it is. Yes. And adrenaline just flows through his body. And I really hope I, I can, you know, share that hobby with him. And I'm sure I will. Oh, yeah. I watched the, uh, the A&E biography of Mankind with mm. my two sons, and it was awesome. Like, they were like, this dude's nuts. I was like, oh, yeah, he was. And Dude, he's one of the greatest that, uh, of all time. Mankind, like, recently, I want to say within, like, the last year or two, has sent like personalized messages to my nephew via my brother on Twitter, like videos and really? thumbs up. Yeah. So like, I think that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So he's been, dude, Mick, Fo Mick Foley is awesome. He, you mm -hmm. know, he plays Santa Claus now. I don't know. <laughs> that's uh that's yeah. That's cool. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he if, does. Like, I feel like if you, if you knew him, like we knew him as like the, the, I, just, I guess what I'm getting at is if you Googled uh, Mick Foley, I don't know that you'd be like, go sit on his lap, son. <laughs> <laughs> right. No kidding. Yeah, he might put you some uh, glass on some nails or something. But yeah, he like in his retirement, he's like he plays Santa Claus. He does a bunch of charitable stuff. He's like a super good dude. And, and uh, like Mick, Mick Foley to me is one of the best that, that that ever did it. Stone Cold, Mick Foley, The Rock. I mean, those are like Mount Rushmore type dudes. But Mick Mick Foley 
actually is an interesting individual. So if you get a chance, watch that A&E biography on Mick Foley. I'm telling you, you and your boy will love it. All right, we're going to hit something serious and then wrap it up with dad jokes like we always do. So I don't think this question was introduced on your first go around, but it's pretty simple and um, putting you on the spot. But do you remember your last good cry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, I did. Um, it was one night and I was hanging out in the, you know, the, the, the back deck and just chilling and, you know, had a, had a few uh, cervezas and I was just hanging out and a song came on and uh, I just thought about my kids and, it, you know, how I want nothing but the best for them. And, I, you know, I want them to succeed and, 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 and live to be good, responsible uh, people and, and be successful and, and, and have all the good stuff that I had um, and none of the bad. So that was probably the last time I had the, my last good cry, just thinking about them and the potential that they have to be uh, good, kind, upstanding adults. So, yeah, there you, you almost got me to cry again, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was actually well said. That was like, that's a tough question to answer if um, you weren't prepared for it. So, well said, man. Yeah. Song or something, especially, man, if you've got a little buzz going on, you know, a couple of lyrics can hit you in the feels. And that, I think that's everybody. So, oh, 100%, man. Those, some, some of those song lyrics get you, and you're like, damn. You just think about it and, and you dwell on how much you love your kids and your family, you know, your wife or your husband or whomever you, you're married to, you know, it's, uh, it, it, that's, that's the real stuff. That's the stuff that really matters. All right. You knock it out of the park, man. You're, the floor is yours for your dad joke. Again, James Strebel, we appreciate you coming on. Check out the um, post-game show Saturday night. It'll be, well, I don't know, I guess probably start around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Um, but yeah, yeah call in, Drew. Up. I will, man, for sure. All right, dad joke, okay. Uh, what do you call a toad that rides a truck? What? A toad truck. <laughs> I was like, I like wanted to say that. I was, like, I was like, it can't be even that obvious. I thought it was going to be a little twist there. Nice, okay. So, no, no, my, my son told me that one earlier today, so I figured I had to tell that in honor of him. My seven-year-old told me that one. The, the cornier, the better. And I, I actually got some context for dad jokes today. So shout out to a friend of mine. Um, I'll leave him nameless because he, he's kind of like that. We'll, we'll, we'll call him Mr. J sent me a book because he's, he's such a nice guy. Listens to the podcast. And he put on there, actually, it sounded like you needed these or that you needed help. So what I'm okay. going to start doing is I'm going to still bring, I won't call it an original, but I, I'll say a Drew selected joke. But what I'm also going to start doing is just flipping through this book and stopping and just reading it unless it says the F word. All right. Okay. That so sounds good. Here's the book that um that the, my, my man sent me here. What do you call a horse that lives next door? Oh my god. A neighbor. Damn, that was a terrible start. <laughs> that's all right. all, no, that's an awesome start. What are you kidding? A neighbor. All right. And here's here's the one Dude, that, I like that, Drew. That I that I Google cheated for that I just kind of selected. All right. We'll end it with this tonight. Okay. I used to run a dating site for chickens. But man, I had to shut it down because it was so. I was having trouble making hens meet. Hens meet hens. Meat. Oh, right. <laughs> hens meet hens meet. Yeah, there you go. All right. Like I say every week, James, I loved it. The best jokes always need explaining. Remember that when you're on the radio, for sure. That's that's a dad podcast rule there, for sure. I like that, Drew. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. That was a lot of fun. And uh, anytime, just shoot me a text, and I'll be on here, okay? We'll do it, man, for sure. You'll be, you'll be the first third-time guest, and I'm definitely – I'll try to talk to you guys 
um, Saturday, man, and hopefully bring some cool content because I'll be down there on the field. So sometimes um, I miss a lot, but sometimes get a little <laughs> um, that's kind of neat or unique or whatever. So I will be there, boots on the ground, and uh, appreciate you, man. See you, Blue, for life, and we will talk next time.